0: Hi, I'm your host, Jessica Peresta, and I'm so glad you're here. Whether you're at home, in your car, in the shower, or wherever else you're listening, grab your cup of coffee or whatever other beverage is nearby and listen in to the Elementary Music Teacher Podcast. I'm Mike Brilla, host of the Inspired Teacher Podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Hey friend, I want to let you know about a brand new free workshop that I am so excited about called How to Design Curriculum for Your Elementary Music Classroom, Five Easy Ways to Simplify Lesson Planning. This free workshop will happen live at various dates and times throughout the year but the first one is coming up within the next few weeks. So sign up so you'll be notified when the workshop is, and you can go to subscribepage.com forward slash curriculum design workshop, or simply click on the link in the show notes. In this workshop, we'll go over, starting with the end in mind, knowing your desired results for yourself and students, planning assessment before mapping out the lessons and having a system in place. When you come to this workshop, I'm going to show you how you can make the ultimate shift from struggling with weekly lesson planning, feeling overwhelmed and exhausted knowing how to plan relevant lessons, to knowing how and what to plan each week by adding systems in a proven framework to your planning. So to sign up, once again, the link is subscribepage.com forward slash curriculum design workshop. And I can't wait to see you there. Welcome back to the podcast. Today's episode is all about four ways to incorporate curriculum development in the music room. There is a blog post that goes right along with this episode you can find in the show notes. And so make sure you look for that because it lists the four steps I'm going to name in this episode in that post as well. Curriculum development in the music room is already happening every day. You are already a curriculum developer, whether you realize it or not. When you lesson plan or you plan for units or prepare for programs or map out assessments, you are doing curriculum development. But maybe you're wondering if you're doing it right or you're just not sure the steps to take when you sit down to plan both long and short term. And if that sounds like you or you just kind of need a refresher or a reminder that you're already doing a great job, this episode is for you. The first step in curriculum development is goals. So when incorporating curriculum development in the music room, the first step is to focus on the goals. What are you wanting your students to achieve? What is the goal of the lesson you're creating? When you think about this, instead of just teaching a particular lesson, you'll focus on the goal of the lesson. I am just as guilty as anyone about sitting down to lesson plan And just kind of, I don't know, this looks like a good activity. This looks like a good song. Oh, I just learned this at this workshop. And I just kind of teach it. But I don't really think about the goal of the lesson. What was my purpose in doing this lesson? What was my purpose in teaching it? I don't even focus on the fact that my students aren't grasping it, or I'm losing them. I didn't really think through it. So When you're lesson planning, a huge part of curriculum development is focusing on the goals. So I'm going to give you a few ideas to think through. Is the goal for students to grasp a concept? is that your main goal of teaching a particular lesson, especially if it's a brand new concept you're wanting them to grab? And by the way, make sure you listen to next week's episode where I talk about concepts and planning around those. But is your goal for the students to grasp a concept? If that's the main goal, especially if it's a new concept or one you maybe have been going over for a few weeks and they're still not grasping it, that is your goal. Is the goal for your students to master a new skill? So let's talk about first grade, for example, maybe this is the first time you've pulled out the barred instruments and maybe they have not ever held mallets in their hands. Maybe they don't understand completely how to play a xylophone or how to take care of the bars on the instrument, or they don't understand how to carefully remove, remove the bars if you're setting up for a pentatonic skill, for example. So that is a skill you're wanting them to grasp. So when you're lesson planning, think about that is a goal is for them to master a new skill or... Is the goal for them to wrap up a unit in one final lesson. So when you're sitting down to lesson plan, you're thinking, okay, how can I best wrap up this unit? What do I need to do in this lesson plan and implement in that class period for students to be able to wrap up the unit to have an understanding of what we just covered in this class. Maybe it's a review heavy day. Maybe it is a day where they are doing some kind of final project or something. And we're going to talk about assessment in a little bit later on in this episode. But what is your goal? Thinking through that when you lesson plan and when you're developing curriculum, whether it is a single lesson plan or unit will really help you with knowing where you're going. You always want to think about where you're going when it comes to teaching. Every lesson also will come with different goals attached to them. So we just, I gave you some examples, but if your goal is for students to really grasp a concept, and then the next time your goal is for them to learn a new skill set, that's completely normal for the goals to change. The next thing I want to talk about is methods. Just like when planning using an instructional model, which was last week's episode, talked about the ADDIE model, and there's a lot of instructional models, that was just one of them so listen to episode 230 if you haven't yet. But various methods are explored when you use an instructional model, when you're thinking through planning out a lesson or a unit in a curriculum. When the goal of a lesson is for students to grasp a concept, what method are you going to use to help them do that? Of course, this is going to look differently for students in first grade versus students in fifth grade. If your goal or a concept is about, let's say, improvising, for example. The way your first grade students are going to improvise, the method you plan for them to grasp that concept is not gonna look the same as the way your fifth graders will improvise, for example. The methods in the music room include anything you do as an activity. This might include singing, playing instruments, using body percussion, doing various movement activities, composing, et cetera. You know what you do in your music room. You know all the various activities that go on in there. Of course, more than one method can be used to teach a concept. So sometimes it's about choosing what you want to do and just starting there. You can have more than one method to teach a concept. You can have students singing and playing instruments. So don't just say, I have to pick one. I said, start with one. And then it's like, you can layer on. You can layer on. You can have more than one. But don't stress yourself out about, I have to use this many methods. Just use one at a time if that's the simplest way to think through it. The next thing I want to talk about is materials. When it comes to curriculum development, of course, you need to think through the materials you're going to be using in your music room. So now that you know the goals and the methods behind the lessons you're teaching, what materials will you need to teach with? So obviously in the music room, one of the biggest materials is instruments. So if you're using instruments, I don't want you to just think about the type of instruments you'll need, but where you're going to put them in the music room. We already talked about the example of using xylophone, so let's go back to that. If you're going back to first grade, if first graders are using xylophones for a particular activity in the music room, where are the xylophones going to be placed? How are students going to go to these instruments? What do they do when they get to the instruments? What is your procedure for them when it comes to picking up the mallets or not picking up the mallets? Are they going to stay in rows or are the instruments going to be in a semicircle? So when you're thinking through materials, It's not just about what materials you're needing, but how are they going to be set up? How are students getting that particular material? Another example is, let's say you're using scarves for a movement activity. Well, instead of just saying, students go get a scarf, is that the most effective procedure for them to get that scarf? You know your students better than anyone. You've heard me on this podcast say that multiple times. So maybe your students can handle just go get a scarf. I know my students could not handle that. So I would have the scarves either laid out by their seats or I would hand it out one at a time or I would have a student helper to help hand out the scarves or I would call one student from each row, my students sat in rows, to come get scarves for their rows to hand out. So when, of course, I knew the material I needed that day was scarves for movement, but then I also had to think through the next step of Well, how am I going to make sure my students get these scarves in order to complete this activity? If you're using Chromebooks or any other type of technology in the music room, how are they getting those computers or what are you you going to do when the technology is needing to be used? Thinking through any type of material you're needing in the music room for each grade level through any day is so important. Knowing ahead of time what you need and how you'll use the materials is something to think through in lesson planning. So it's not a huge surprise factor for yourself or your students, of course. The last thing I want to talk about is assessment. Of course, assessment is a huge part of incorporating curriculum development in the music room. Once you've taught a lesson, how will you check for student understanding? Assessment shouldn't just be something tacked onto the end of a lesson. It is something that is ongoing and it should be embedded throughout the lesson. Assessment sometimes just gets looked at as being formal, but assessment in the music room, as you know, is a lot of it is informal. A lot of it is by listening or watching or seeing, which is the same as watching. But you know what I mean? A lot of it is informal. And so checking for student understanding, you really need to plan through this. How are you going to assess Those goals we talked about all the way in step one. So let me give you an example. If your goal is for students to master a skill, which we already talked about, for example, with the mallet instruments, how are you going to assess them to check for this? What ways are you going to do this? Well, one way you could do this is to check to see if students understand how to sit Do they know how to hold the mallets? Do they know how to carefully remove a a bar off the barred instrument? Are they knowing how to hit the mallets on the bars correctly? I used to tell my students, bounce the mallets lightly. So they knew to bounce it like a bouncy ball instead of it just dropping like a hammer. But how are you going to check for understanding? This is going to depend on you as the teacher using your personality, your skill set, how you want to check. It is totally your prerogative. Just like lessons looking differently each class period, assessments will as well. Sometimes you are going to use more formal assessments and sometimes more informal, but the main goal is for you to assess on an ongoing basis. You never want to just plan a lesson without understanding what the goal of it is, what concepts or skills that lesson is incorporating, and how you're going to check to make sure your students are understanding what you're teaching. I hope you found this episode helpful and I will see you soon for another episode. Well, hey there, thank you so much for listening into the Elementary Music Teacher Podcast. There is an exclusive Facebook group just for listeners of this podcast and any elementary music teacher called the Elementary Music Teacher Community Facebook Group. Come on over and join us there where we have conversations around the podcast episodes and encourage each other each and every week. And also head to my website, thedomesticmusician.com. I have some free resources there that you can download to help you gain traction in your classroom today as well as the blog and the membership site and all kinds of other goodies to help you keep going in your music teaching journey. I cannot wait to keep connecting with you and encouraging you and spurring you on in your journey of teaching elementary music. Hang in there. Have an amazing week and I will see you soon.